A reading, a reading for the second Sunday of Pentecost is from Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps... A reading, a reading for the second Sunday of Pentecost is from Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading appointed for this Sunday is from Matthew chapters 9 and 10. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanin, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead. 
cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain, give without pay. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is a portion of the gospel reading that I read to you just a few moments ago. At this time, I'd like to highlight these words again from Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. There is a shortage of pastors, Lutheran school teachers, directors of Christian education, and people serving in other church worker vocations in the Lutheran church. Here are some sobering stats. 50% of all active pastors in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, are over the age of 55. It is projected that the active pastor's population will decrease from 6,000 active pastors to 3,000 active pastors in the next 15 years. From 2004 to 2018, Master Divinity enrollment at the two Lutheran Church Missouri Synod seminaries, Fort Wayne and St. Louis, have seen a decrease in enrollment by 55%. Again, from 2004 to 2018, at our Concordia University system, pre-seminary enrollment has declined by 59%. The Lutheran teacher program has declined by 61%. And the director of Christian education program has declined by 56%. Unfortunately, what is true for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is also true for most, if not all, Christian denominations in North America. For any number of reasons, Christians are choosing not to serve in church worker vocations. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few and becoming fewer. This shortage of workers is not only confined to church workers, full-time church workers. I mean, the number of laity is shrinking and aging and distracted by other interests and activities. Fewer and fewer people are available and able and willing to work 
in the harvest fields. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know, we might put a sign up in front of our churches that says, Help wanted kingdom workers. You know, Jesus' heart is filled with compassion. His heart is filled with compassion for people in his day because he, he saw the crowds that were coming to him and he saw that they were harassed and that they were helpless, that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Not much has changed, has it? Harassed and helpless. Two descriptive words that describe most, if not all, of us. I mean, who of us has not been harassed or feeling harassed over the last few months? Who of us have not felt a sense of helplessness as normal everyday activities and choices were taken away from us? One wonders whether or not these feelings of being harassed and helpless are some of the emotions that are driving the civil unrest in our nation. Even in normal times, people feel harassed and helpless. At any time of the year, Spectrum and Mercy Health are filled with harassed and helpless patients and harried family members. Assisted living facilities are filled with residents who are overwhelmed by a sense of their own feebleness and their inability to control their lives, for so much of their life is controlled by other people. Yes, harassed and helpless people, while they they wander from job to job and from relationship to relationship, from one fad to another fad, from one purchase product to another purchase product, from one lottery ticket to another lottery ticket, hoping for the chance of the lifetime, And they do all of this all in search of personal fulfillment and satisfaction. They do it to fill the emptiness, the empty void in their lives. They do it in order to mask over the internal harassment and sense of helplessness and hopelessness that is often pervasive in their lives. And all the while, Many people don't stop and really think about who are they? Like, who are they and why are they alive and where they're going? They just kind of live from day to day. Harassed, harried, helpless, with a growing sense of hopelessness. Someone has said, The folks who spend their days in buying cars and clothes and rings don't seem to know that empty lives are just as empty, filled with things. Oh, many of these people are ripe for the harvest. They're ready to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. But the laborers are few. It was God's compassion for the harassed and helpless people of this world that motivated the second person of the Holy Trinity to become a human being. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom, 
In fact, Jesus is the good news of the kingdom. I mean, Jesus healed the sick and he mended the diseased. He ministered to the outcast and he gave new identity and purpose to them in their life. Jesus' compassion for the harassed and helpless people moved him to die on Calvary's cross so that he might favor them with his forgiveness. He came into this world and he lived and he died and he rose again, bringing eternal healing to the problems that we experience in our lives. He came to fill the empty void in our lives with his love and his peace and his joy and his hope. He came to bring meaning and direction to our lives. A husband calls out to his wife, Honey, I'm home. Where are you? And she replies, I'm hiding. Well, I want to see you, he says. While I'm hiding, you have to find me. I have a gift for you, he says. I'm still hiding, she replies. I bought those golden earrings you've wanted. I'm hiding in the front closet. Yes, I think we needed a little levity here. Because the first part of that sermon was pretty heavy, wasn't it? If only those who are hiding from God knew the rewards of being found. Of being found by a loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Perhaps they would stop hiding. Ironically, when people are harassed and have a sense of helplessness, they tend to hide. They tend to cocoon themselves from other people and they tend to cocoon themselves even from God himself. And some just kind of wander aimlessly through life, never discovering, never knowing the compassionate Savior, Jesus Christ. The source of our harassment, the source of our sense of helplessness is what God calls in the Bible sin. Sin that we inherit from our parents, who inherit it from their parents. Sin that we commit each and every day because we are sinful people. And this sin, it badgers us, it hounds us, it it accuses us because we do the very things we don't want to do. The things that we vowed that we'd stop doing, we find that we keep on doing. And And like cancer, sin metastasizes in us. We just can't stop. It keeps on growing. And as it keeps on growing, it keeps on condemning us. And as that sin grows in us, and as it remains unresolved, as it's not forgiven, dealt with by the cross of Christ, sin creates in us a sense of helplessness and eventually a sense of hopelessness. But here's the good news. Here's the good news that all of us need to hear, not only today, but day by day. It's the good news that we heard Paul say in the first reading for today. While we were still powerless, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. And while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. 
And if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? How might Paul's words be expressed in simple terms and applied to us? Well, if you have your worship folder, look at the hymn that we sang earlier in the service, He Will Hold Me Fast. And just read those words again with me as I go over them. We sang, When I fear my faith will fail. That is, when we are feeling harassed and helpless, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, when Satan accuses us of our sin, he, Jesus, will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. But he, whose love for us never grows cold, will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For your Savior loves you so, he will hold you and me fast. Verse 2. Those he saves are his delight. You and I are his delight. And so Christ will hold us fast. Precious in his holy sight. That's who we are, precious in his holy sight. And so Jesus will hold us fast. He'll not let our soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost, the cost of his death on the cross. He will hold us fast. For our life, he bled and died. Christ will hold us fast. Justice has been satisfied. And so, Jesus our Savior will hold us fast. Raised with him to endless life, he will hold us fast till our faith is turned to sight when he comes at last. Yes, my friends, he will hold you fast. He will hold you fast. For your Savior loves you so. He will hold you fast. Is that not the message? The good news that harassed and helpless and hopeless people need to hear today? Mark Twain said, don't complain and talk about your problems. 80% of the people don't care, and the other 20% will think that you deserve it. Now, Twain may be a little cynical. There might be some people that care. But honestly, compassion and care and concern for other people is often lacking, isn't it? Jesus, knowing that 12 people can accomplish a lot more than one, sent his 12 apostles out to be his agents, to be his representatives of compassion and care and concern. It says in the gospel reading that he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to, to heal every disease and every affliction. He said, go and proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. And so heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse leper and cast out demons. 
And the disciples, the apostles, they went and they served. They shared the compassion of Christ. And harassed and helpless people were relieved and they experienced Jesus' compassion, his healing, his peace, his joy, his forgiveness. Yes, there are harassed and helpless people all around us. In fact, truth be told, we may be sometimes those harassed and helpless people ourselves. And that's why Jesus, our shepherd, speaks to us and speaks to us his words of forgiveness and assures us of his love and daily companionship. And as we live in Jesus' love and his forgiveness, he sends us out. Jesus sends us out with his authority, whether we're a pastor, a missionary, a Lutheran school teacher, a director of Christian education, or a layperson. He sends us out to share his good news. We're not like the Buddhist monks who retreat to their monasteries into a world of silence because they have nothing of value or meaningful to contribute to the world. No, we have good news to proclaim. The good news is Jesus. We live the compassion of Christ in our lives by healing the sick, visiting the elderly, weeping with those who mourn, listening to the emotionally injured, praying for all who are harassed, and speaking the good news of the kingdom to the helpless. This harassed and helpless world so desperately needs you and me. They need you and me and all followers of Christ to not to share our story, but to share Jesus' story. To tell them of a Savior who loves them so much that he lived and he died for them and he forgives them of their sin and he promises them an eternal future. Oh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send you into the harvest fields. Who, me? Yes, you. R. Wayne Willis said, our greatest legacy, our greatest legacy will be those who live eternally because of our efforts. Wanted. Kingdom workers. My friends, if you're not working in the Lord's harvest fields, if you're not laboring in the kingdom for the king, please apply for the job. He won't turn you away. Yes, we need pastors and we need missionaries and Lutheran school teachers and directors of Christian education. And if I'm speaking to someone out there right now who thinks that maybe God is leaning, is directing them in that direction, then please go and search out that direction to see if that's where God wants you to serve, maybe as a pastor or a Lutheran school teacher or director of Christian education or missionary. But I also speak to the lay people, to the lay people who will never be called into those positions. We need you. We need kingdom workers. We need committed lay people who are willing to live and to share their faith day by day. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. 
pray that the Lord of the harvest would employ you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.